Alright guys, welcome to CLD Talks. I'm your host Connor Maxwell. Today we're joined with Julie Beckett from Education Scotland and as it's National Mental Health Week, we thought it would be a good idea that we could try and raise awareness for mental health by having a discussion through NHS's Five Ways to Wellbeing. Hope this is a good conversation for you and welcome to Season 2 of CLD Talks. Without further ado, here's Julie Beckett. So, Julie, it would be great if you could just tell us, first of all, a wee bit about yourself and your career in CLD. Hi, thank you. Um, my career in CLD started off going straight from uh, sixth year at school to Dundee Uni. I'd done my Gold Duke of Edinburgh and a bit of volunteering and um, thought CLD was the course for me. So I had two choices on my uni application forum, one for Dundee and one for Strathclyde, um, who were both delivering CLD at the time. And I didn't go to the Strathclyde interview. I can't remember why. I was thinking over the weekend, why did I not go to that? And I, I can't think of what the reason was. So all my eggs were in the Dundee basket. So got in and uh, my first placement was at a school in Dundee as pupil support in the um, pupil support area so I thought at that time yeah this is what I want to do and from a family of teachers so I knew I didn't want to be a teacher but I knew I wanted to work with young people yeah. and that kind of environment cemented it for me so did my three um, placements and my third year placement was in an employability training um place called Claverhouse in Dundee and I then did my fourth year and um, while I worked there full-time so my fourth year at uni was kind of like a work-based um, research internship type. So yeah graduated in 2011 still working in the employability uh, sector and then I went into CLD kind of school-based roles from there. Brilliant. So that started um, in an alternative to exclusion pilot project in Dundee, which was great. It was offering young people support um, rather than them being excluded from school. So that was a great kind of learning experience for me there. Um, from there, went into work as a school and family development worker in Dundee, which is a role that's based in a primary school. And in Dundee, there's school and family development workers in almost every primary. And the role is to offer families support to kind of bridge the gap between school and home and it's supporting parents and children with a wide, wide range of things. Yeah. So, yeah, from there went into um, a secondment, which was my last post, which was health and wellbeing worker. And that was based in a secondary school, supporting young people who were experiencing anxieties um, that were maybe stopping them from being able to engage fully with school. Sometimes the anxiety is maybe stopping them from attending or um, just giving them difficulties with certain classes and things like that. So my role was to support them to overcome those things so that they could engage with school. And then last October, mid-pandemic, started with Education Scotland and CLD Development Officer role. So our role is kind of um, split into two halves. You've got a regional part of your role and a national remit. So Regionally, my role covers Forth Valley and West Lothian. So a bit strange because I stay in Dundee and haven't been able to visit Forth Valley and West Lothian because of the pandemic. But um, our role includes engaging with practitioners, developing and delivering professional learning, um, signposting, participating in national networks and creating partnerships and highlighting bits of interest in practice and things like that. So yeah, that's where I'm at now. 
Brilliant. How have you found the sort of transition from working mainly face-to-face with young people to your current role? It's been strange, I'd say. I feel a bit like there's a human me that still works in my previous role and the virtual me works in my spare room. So it's kind of like my brain and my body haven't really connected. I think because I was still working in a school when the pandemic started, we did lots of like the COVID response type work. So we had um, food bank deliveries and working in the emergency childcare hub and things like that. And then so from partway through that to then go to working from the spare room, it's it's been a weird transition. Um, but I've got one colleague in Education Scotland who I have met face to face for walks and things. So that's been great. Um, and everyone's been so welcoming, which is really lovely virtually as well to have felt that kind of welcome to Education Scotland. So that's been fab. Oh, definitely. I bet you can't wait to actually get out and about and see people properly. Yeah, I feel like when I do first go to the office, it'll feel like I'm starting a new job again. Ah, it will be, it will be. Yeah. Well, fair dues. So, um, no, cheers, cheers for um, just sort of letting us know just a wee bit about you. So, um, why is it that you decided you wanted to do this podcast and promote mental health? I suppose for me, like the experience in my last role, um showed me just how important mental health is for young people and for everyone like looking after your mental health it's so important to everything and I probably hadn't realized that as much up until I did that role and I think it really opened my eyes to the anxieties that people face and the worries and the strategies that can be put in place to kind of sometimes overcome some of that and alleviate some of that so I think as a practitioner, that's been really important for me, but also for when supporting other people, like some of that learning really showed me the importance of looking after your mental health. Yeah, definitely. And I think that um, over the last year, mental, mental mental health was an issue before the pandemic, but I think now that a lot more young people and a lot more families and people really are struggling and people really have felt more things than they maybe normally would have in the past and it's really important I think just to try and get that message out there that there is places to people there's people to speak to there's places to go to and it's all right to feel down and feel sad so it's I suppose a really good yeah. it's a good time the now to try and maybe just get that message out there for NCLD that there is CLD services and people out there that can help and speak to people yeah yeah definitely I think even when I was thinking about what we're going to be talking about today things like going outside and enjoying nature and making connections with people and relationships and these are all things that have been like emphasized over the past 18 months or so you know like the pandemic's really put a lot of barriers in place to people meeting with others and and having those connections that can help you feel better if you're not feeling okay so yeah I think it's a good time definitely so what we want to do and what we've looked at is um the NHS has the five ways to well-being. So what we thought that we would do here is that we would look at each five and then we can see how that relates to CLD practice in a few different ways from our experience. I think it's important to maybe note that um, neither myself or Julie are experts in mental health and supporting in mental health. So this is just from our experience that we've had um, and there will be um, a list of um, supports and everything in the description that um, people can access if they feel that they need any. So, um, 
So the first one on the five ways to well-being from the NHS um, is connect. So Julie, could you just tell us a bit about connecting with other people? Yeah, so connection comes from that's the first way to well-being. And the evidence shows there that feeling close to and feeling valued by other people is a human need and social relationships are critical for promoting positive well-being. And that's something that coronavirus has really had an impact on and the barriers to connections that have been in place now for probably, you know, over a year that we're talking people haven't been able to meet face to face and things like that's really been big barriers to connection. And the links to CLD, everything about CLD is about connections and relationships and partnerships and how we build um, that communication so that we can work together to offer the best services and things like that. So I see connection as being so, so key. And um, I've always believed like every person you meet, they can t- teach you things and we need to have that open communication so that we can understand like what's going on for people so that the support you're putting in place is actually helpful and useful. And I think from having connections with people, I've definitely personally developed much more kind of empathy and understanding about the world and what the world's like for some people that I probably wouldn't have in any other career that wasn't CLD. Definitely. Like, I think what's really important as well is that over the sort of the pandemic, we've been making digital connections. Um, but yeah. we know that about a lot of people have had digital fatigue, like a, a lot of people speak about Zoom fatigue um, and yes. how that really is sort of affecting people. So I suppose the connections that we're also looking at is now that we're allowed to see people outside and more people outside and connect with friends and family. It's about that sort of being in person connection which we really did lose over the last year um, and I think it's finding that personal connection that then as we know as CLD workers, youth workers, adult educators, community workers that it's that face-to-face relationship that when you build that way you know, whoever's in front of you then you know that you're going to be able to hopefully make that bit more difference because if you don't have that connection or relationship then you're going to plums for the majority you know um, and that's such yeah. a skill for um, our profession is building those bonds and relationships. Yeah, definitely. And I think as much as, you know, everyone tried to, to do their best digitally, it's, you know, families were doing Zoom quizzes. And in my last post, we were doing quizzes, weekly quizzes with our pupils. And we had, you know, boys groups, girls groups, that kind of thing, tuning in at a certain time to do a quiz and things like that. It's really difficult, I think, to find someone online if they're not engaging. And how do you tell that if someone's maybe just not tuning in at their time or they're, you know, their camera's off and they're there in the background, but you're not sure. It's really, I think, digitally has so many other barriers that we just didn't experience before. And like you say, when I heard the word screen fatigue, I was like, yes, that is what it is. So hopefully now that the world's opening up again we can start kind of that face-to-face contact again and building those relationships with people and so that the support that you're offering is appropriate and relevant and really just starting to build up those relationships again yeah definitely and I, I think that um 
for us for me working over the pandemic we've got an adult group and that's been the most successful weekly engagement um but and it's been brilliant and they've said that you mm-hmm. know it has been a lifesaver for them that they've been able to still have this connection and it's been great um in terms of the young people from my experience that then we, we've lost a lot of contact so we're hoping that now we're able to have that sort of physical face-to-face connection that then we can hopefully start rebuilding and supporting the best way that we can yeah, I think rebuilding's a good word, isn't it? It's it's those connections that need to be rebuilt and kind of re-established. And I'm sure that young people will, um, you know, they're more resilient than us adults. They'll be coming right back in in droves to your youth centre when it's open. But it's just it's just that kind of rebuilding of things, isn't it? Yeah, and how we do that safely, and all, you know all the other yeah. stuff we need to follow. So many guidelines, and rightly so, you know, um, and how yeah. then we can offer the best that we can do while um, hopefully developing better connections. Yeah, this is probably a good place for me to say that Education Scotland have created a CLD COVID recovery hub page um, that maybe could be in your links to your description because it has all the relevant guidance um, and it's updated weekly. So that might be a good uh, place if people are looking for guidance for reopening youth centres and things to check out our recovery page hub. So the second step is be physically active. So, um, Julie, do you want to tell us a wee bit about being physically active? Yes. So the evidence there suggests that regular physical activity is associated with lower levels of depression and anxiety across all age groups. So in my last post, we delivered healthy body, healthy mind groups during school holiday periods. And that was to support young people to access activities and learning related to their body and their mind. So I found that a lot of the time working with young people with anxieties, these five ways to wellbeing were so helpful because you can use it to kind of unpick some conversation around being active and looking after your body and your brain. So during these holiday programmes, we use boxing as our activity to encourage young people outside of their comfort zone. So we went to a local gym that's set up for boxing, it's got a ring and that kind of thing. So we took the young people for sessions every week and kind of built up confidence and just trying things outside your comfort zone. I'd never tried the big heavy battle ropes before then. So we were having competitions about who could um, do that for the longest time and things like that. So lots of shared experience around being active. We also encouraged walking and kind of lower intensity exercises by visiting local landmarks. A few years ago, Dundee had like a penguin trail. So there was all these like big um, hand painted penguins around various landmarks. So we did um, a penguin scrapbook and went around different places taking photos of the penguins and things like that. So just encourage the young people to get out and get walking in their local area and kind of bring in that healthy body, healthy mind thing um, to the fore. And we always found that attendance percentages of the young people um, at school increased after these holiday programmes, which kind of showed the, the impact there of doing something during the holidays like that. Another thing when I was thinking about healthy body, healthy mind was about cooking groups. I've done a lot of cooking groups um, with families and young people and there's so many like rich experiences to be had I think when you've got food is just the key to everything isn't it like when you've got food it's such a good way to just 
I think I'll go back to talking about food loads during this next hour, <laughs> but I'm like <laughs> when you've got an activity that's based around doing something with your hands and you can have all this conversation around looking after your body and your brain and your family and things like eat well, play well, you've got families cooking together and doing games and learning about nutrition all in the same like hour. That's just so valuable. I think that's what CLD can really bring to to fitting in with education in that sense yeah definitely and I think for being physically active it, it, I suppose it doesn't need to be going to the gym and it doesn't need to maybe be attending yeah. classes and a lot of these things have got high cost involved or subscriptions and so they're not always accessible so it's also about finding what's out in your community what's run about you is there walking clubs is there um, different organizations that are out there that are trying to promote different outdoor activities um i know close to us that there was a new lunchtime walking group that was established and the idea was during your lunch break while people were in the house then you just went a walk around the local community so it was only maybe about 30 minutes but then that was promoting physical activity it was promoting connecting this because you were seeing other people and you were getting out the house so it was a yeah. really good example for um people that were working because it then made them go out the house and then you weren't just stuck in your spare room or stuck in your living room we just in your computer so it was a really really good example of just how you can easily then go out and be active and doing that um and there was actually a this, I suppose, is a wee bit maybe off topic a bit, but there was a um, booklet created by East Kilbride Universal Connections, um, and it was called The Walk Down, The Lockdown Walk Down, it was called, and it had uh, challenges for families and young people, so it was based on East Kilbride, um, where then you had to go to different landmarks, there was different weekly challenges, and you fill out the booklet, and it was that extra thing that just made you want to go as a family, or go as an yeah. individual, because then you were um, completing something as well so it was almost it's like a game essentially and then uh, the, uh, it was 10 weeks that was in it so each week was different it was then also longer walks so you were improving your fitness and um, again it was just a really really good example of um, how CLD can encourage people to be physically active and to be out in the community and um, and it was just a great resource a great great resource um, yeah. to encourage people to get out and see things and see what's in your local area because there's loads of cool things that you just take for granted that you don't think about. Yeah, definitely. I think that's so valuable, isn't it? And it's definitely what CLD have really shone through in the past 18 months or so is the innovation and the ideas and the support for families that's totally out of the box and so, so valuable. Yeah, definitely. And it just shows how creative we are you know, as CLD, yeah. that creating resources like this, this that's the one example that I know about locally, but um, if anybody's listening to this, please share examples uh, on Twitter and let us know other ones because it'd be really good to share experiences and share what people have done um, because there'll no doubt be loads out there that people could potentially tap into. Um, I think yeah, another that would one be great was- to hear more. Yeah, I think another one was really good. I don't know, everybody seemed to do the couch to 5K. So they did that. that yeah, well, was... I only got to about week four of that, you see. <laughs> <laughs> and I see everybody, I know I didn't do it, but I seen everybody that was doing it. Um, yeah. But even just, you know, gimmicks like that, you know, it was, they're, they're, it's a great resource. Um, again, it does, is that a subscription actually? Do you need to pay for the Couch to Five? No, that's free. Aye. So that's free. even, even yeah. better then, you know, it's a free resource. 
um, and it gets you gets you going, and it's that wee bit of extra challenge to keep you sort of motivated. Um, and I think this was the one thing it maybe add um, about uh, being physically active is it really raises your mood. You know, if you are, um, if it is, if you're going to walk, if you're going to, it really can make a difference if you are struggling that bit. Go a walk, even if it's run the block, run to the shop, it doesn't need to be massive. It really can just sort of help you reset and think again. Yeah. Yeah, I know myself, like, working from home during the winter especially, I felt that I really benefited from getting fresh air at lunchtime because just going to the spare room in the morning and it's dark and then before you know it, you've been looking at the screen all day and then it's dark again in the evening. So that was something I, I wouldn't say forced, I encouraged myself to do every day was to go out and if it was lunch break or just right when I finished, just go out and get that fresh air so that you know, you're getting that break from the screen as well and and just enjoying being outside for a wee while. So important. So the third step is learn new skills. Um, so I think that over, especially if we're talking just over lockdown, um, there's been so many new skills that we've had to develop. So is there any, Julie, that you want to maybe try and highlight? Yes. Well, personally, I tried to learn piano during lockdown one. And I say it in all the webinars because, you know, at the start of like a webinar and there's that empty space where everyone's signing on. And I think if I could have just smashed that piano, I, I could be playing a tune for everyone. <laughs> but um, I, I found it to be much trickier than uh, anticipated. But I suppose that kind of uh, links into setting goals and with young people and in adult learning setting, setting goals is so um, important and it's been strongly associated with higher levels of well-being. And I suppose for me, CLD really just supports with that and the goal setting um, for lifelong learning and lifelong you know, learning principles. It's just so important to have those kind of objectives and working towards goals. And it's so crucial, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And there's so many different ways that you can try and pick up new skills. If it's watching a YouTube video and you can learn how to do it, or then there can be like online tutorials um, where you can try and learn things. But I think that whole thing of challenge and goal setting, when you when you see yourself, like I think music is probably the best example. Like um, learning a song on the guitar, you know, you, especially at the start, it's really, really difficult, but you persevere and persevere. And then that feeling when you first can then play that whole song or you show somebody that you've learned it, it's really, really positive. It's really, really good. And then it's on to the next challenge. And then that's how then you become better. Um, um, music and guitar is only one example. There's so many different skills um, that we can do in COD and the transferable skills that maybe staff have, like music or arts or fitness, that then we can transfer onto our learners so that then they can potentially better themselves. And it's about how we are creative and using the skills that we have and how we can put that, that we can transfer that over which is extremely, extremely important, um, especially for the families yeah. and young people that we can work with that maybe don't have a lot. We can um, be that, I suppose, guide that can maybe get them to yeah. trying something new. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose thinking about using your skills, that is what CLD really taps into, isn't it? Is that creativity of practitioners and and having those partnerships to say, you know, oh, I know John's down the road's really good at guitar, so he can teach you that because I don't have that, but I can do arts and crafts. And, you know, it's having those kind of things that you can tap into. 
And I suppose for me that kind of links in with working with young people to push their comfort zones and kind of pushing my comfort zone at the same time. So we did an outdoor education um, anxiety-based group in my last post where we went to, there's a place called Glenfarg Tunnels and they used to be um, like old railway tunnels, but they curve under a hill um, kind of in between Perth and Edinburgh. Here's my geography coming in. <laughs> um, but they're basically at the bend of this tunnel. It's pitch black because you can't see in and you can't see out. And I was there with five young people who experienced anxieties in different ways. And um, thankfully, the outdoor education leader was there because he knew what he was doing. But um, I was the first one I had to switch on my torch because I was freaking out. <laughs> but I think when you're showing young people a bit of yourself as well, it's so important, isn't it? Because you're building those relationships in that way and totally out of the school context. And then they're going back to school saying, oh, we were in a pitch black tunnel. And it's just those experiences, I think, are so valuable. Yeah, definitely. And I think what you said there about showing the young people a bit of yourself, it totally relinks back into step one, which is um, connectors, connected, connectedness. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and about that relationship building, because then that, that's a memory or that's a moment that then it's they hopefully maybe keep or it's a discussion point for further time. And it does it. It's it doing things like that then totally, totally helps you build in positive relationships. Um, I think one of the things we learn in skills is um, a lot of people put a bit of pressure on themselves to like if you're learning something for it to be perfect and to maybe look at qualifications or um, taking it that next step but I think the best thing about it is just doing something that you're enjoying you know if it's a hobby if it's whatever just see if you're having fun it doesn't really matter you know as long as then you're getting that feeling from it that you're enjoying spending time on it you're getting that feeling of reward and satisfaction if you're maybe completing something or you can see your progression or you help somebody else um which peer education is a massive thing as well um then that's where that true sort of amazing feeling comes which then will help you with your mental health and yeah definitely I think there's so much around like confidence and overcoming things that you think I'm not sure about this and you do it and then you're going kind of back home or to school or to the workplace and you're saying wow I just did that and for me I think being outdoors and setting those goals and overcoming those goals is so it's exciting and being on residentials with young people I think is amazing like that giant swing at Dal guys there's so many memories like I'm definitely the scaredest person but you're trying not to show it because you're saying to the young people come on you can do it too and I think there's just so many rich experiences there and supporting young people to kind of overcome their challenges but you're showing you're human and you you're kind of equal to them and the scared ness of it all and the excitement and I think it's just the experiences that you make and the memories you have are so strong and so powerful. I think something else I learned kind of working with young people around anxieties and worries and thinking about goal setting and achieving your goals was letting the importance of letting young people identify their own goals because it really isn't always what we think it's going to be and in my role there was a lot of focus around attendance and supporting young people to um get that kind of highest attendance as possible and 
I suppose it's about them identifying that as the focus. And I would have young people come to me in the morning and say, could you check my percentage, please? And see when it did reach, you know, whatever percent that they were aiming for, it was just lovely to have them. That was their goal and they'd achieved it. And it wasn't anyone kind of forcing it upon them that you have to be here. It was something that they wanted to do. And I think that's um, key in there as well, that goals are set by the young people or the adult learners themselves and not by us as practitioners. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's about them setting um, achievable goals as well, isn't it? And that's where we can come yeah. in where you don't want a... I mean, if you're doing... I'll use the music analogy again. If you're someone starting off guitar and they want to learn how to play, I don't know, Thunderstruck by ACDC by week three, Oh, that's settled in here, you know, and it's about yeah. setting achievable goals, and so that then we can keep going and keep going. Yeah, I might come back on your podcast one day and play the piano, but um, let's be realistic with that. And <laughs> <laughs> I tried, to, I tried Happy Birthday, I almost got that, but yeah, it's definitely about having realistic goals, and I suppose that related in my last post. You weren't aiming for 100% attendance because sometimes that just wasn't the achievable percentage that you were looking for and those young people could be ecstatic when they got to 80 because that's an amazing thing for them and it's just about having being young person led I suppose isn't that so step four is um, step four is gift to others um, which I think out of all of them this one really relates into CLD um, probably the most yeah, definitely. I think it's absolute gold dust in our profession, isn't it? Helping others and giving to others and supporting people. Um, participation and social and community life has attracted a lot of attention in the field of wellbeing research. And individuals who report a greater interest in helping others are more likely to rate themselves as happy, which is a really interesting um, kind of statistic in terms of these five ways to wellbeing, that this one's totally key. And I suppose for me, helping others has always been part of my roles. And I think for everybody in CLD, that is what you do, isn't it? You help people and you support them and um, you do the best that you can do to make sure that they are um, reaching their goals and being kind of the best they can be too. So I was thinking about um, what kind of example I could use for this and I was thinking about a mental health and well-being group that I ran in my last role at secondary school and there was a really um, sad tragic event that happened in our school community and it was just before I started my secondment into that role in August 2018 and uh, there was a small number of senior pupils who were really affected by this and they were really struggling. So we kind of formed a small group and I, I told you I would go back to talking about food. I think my role was just to make the cups of tea and buy the biscuits. I'm not sure um, I actually did anything in terms of the group. They just kind of formed themselves and I did the tea. So they worked together to kind of process everything that they'd been through and they planned a musical remembrance concert so from that they raised a lot of money and they designed a memorial bench that they wanted to put um kind of in the local area and they then split the rest of the money between five local charities that they chose so that was really nice that they kind of had that ownership and really processed everything that they'd been through by doing this concert and raising the money 
um, and then kind of gifting it back out to local charities. And from that, the group wanted to increase their knowledge of mental health. So I delivered mental health first aid with them. And then we built our links with our CLD colleagues in the community so that those young people could then go back and give their skills out into to young people and, yeah. and work with their communities, um, kind of in volunteering opportunities for them. And then two young people who were in that group are now at Unid and CLD. And I think that story just kind of shows the power of them helping others, but they were helping themselves at the same time. And they were also helping me to understand how to work with young people that had been through something like that. Yeah, that's amazing that they came together to to do that, because especially um, if it's such a tough time for them to have that resilience um, and yeah. the ability to fundraise and do everything they've did and having a memorial bench there for their ideas to create that that's just that's an amazing amazing thing yeah I always like heard people saying oh children and young people are so resilient and I think that situation really showed me that and I often felt I was learning more than they were about mental health and about resilience and just being in that experience with them was so powerful for me as a like practitioner as well so is there any other resources that you've used? Yeah, there's so many helpful resources out there. And what I tried to do was think about where these are collated. And something that I've learned um, over the past year or so is that there's something called a wakelet, which is like an online collection of leaflets and resources. And I may be late to the wakelet party here, but um, that's something that I've learned recently. And in the description to the podcast, there'll be three different wakelets. So there's a CLD one, which collects lots of different information about CLD, and you can click on different sections, and that'll take you to different resources. Um, and there's a positive mental wellbeing resources to support children and young people wakelet, which again has lots of different helpful things. Go and have a nosy around and see what could be useful for your setting. And the third one is a mental health and wellbeing wakelet that also has support for practitioners and parents, carers and young people. That's brilliant. Um, I actually had a look at um, one of them before we'd came on this and you know, it's the first time, so you're saying you were late, I learned about them when you sent me actually the oh, okay. links over. So I've learned really recently what a wakelet is, so I'm worse off than you in that bracket. <laughs> so <laughs> um, much learning going on today. Uh, but you know, it was really good. It's the layout for so like I have just learned what they are, but for people listening, the layout is really good. It's really really clear, so you can click on it and the information's there and it's dead accessible. So I, I was dead actually impressed with um, the setup of it. So no, they're really really good. They're really good. Um, yeah. Um, so I think another thing on give to others um, is just about if. You're, if we're looking to give to others is about volunteering and I think that CLD and youth work and adult learning but there's so many opportunities and I know saying this everybody's going to be like we know um, but there's so many opportunities for volunteering and it's one of the things that CLD and community education and everybody like this and in this field we're so good at it um, giving people opportunities to volunteer and supporting people to become really good volunteers. There's so many different trainings that different organisations have, um, putting through the appropriate PVG checks and doing everything that we can do because we're, 
we're so good at it so if there's people listening yeah. and you want to get more involved in your community there will be a local community group you could potentially volunteer in schools um you know there's so many opportunities out there that to what your interest is you can then potentially give back um so it's important that you check out what's out there in your local area um find out what groups are there and to really get volunteering it's about opening up a conversation and finding an opportunity um and volunteering really can change your life um if it wasn't for volunteering when i was a young person i would never have became a youth worker um which means i would have never have came on the career path that i've did and we, i wouldn't be having this conversation now you know so um yeah. volunteering is so so powerful um we all know the benefits here um and it's something that we should definitely encourage more of in our organizations um it's just so good volunteering just is it's the best yeah there's so many amazing volunteers and so many opportunities and just the learning that you can get from volunteering i think i don't know what your percentages are on people that have been on this podcast and their cld careers have started in volunteering in some way or other i know for me um a lot of that was through Duke at edinburgh and looking for those opportunities to where i could volunteer and my friends were laughing at the weekend cause we were talking about how I did hospital radio with a few other people from my year at school and that was our gold volunteering was doing hospital radio and see just the experiences that you can get from volunteering they're so so powerful yeah they are you know, actually I, th- I think everyone that came on the podcast has volunteered at some point volunteered before they started yeah, it says something about the profession, doesn't it? And just how important it is to give to others and to give that time as well. Definitely. And that whole grow your own um grow your own staff um model, that's what I sort of came through from well, young person to volunteer to sessional and came through and I know loads of organizations have that, but that's such a powerful model to develop staff and give people the opportunities so that they can grow themselves as people and as workers and as it's it's so so powerful so so powerful so everybody should volunteer definitely (laughs) so i i think i suppose another thing that would be really good to maybe highlight as well is just how small acts of kindness towards other people can really sort of help so maybe even the old classic just helping an old lady across the street um helping somebody with their bags just wee wee tiny things just that make people just good folk and good people and um that whole oh it's my good the or oh, one good deed thing of the day you know that we can all maybe speak about um if the small wee things that you do can make a really big difference i suppose to you mentally and um hopefully then that can be spread for other people as well so yeah those little acts of kindness are so good aren't they it's not that anyone's looking for a pat on the back for themselves it's just it's so nice for you and so good for your own well-being and also so nice for another person to to feel noticed and going back to those things we we're talking about earlier about connections and just feeling like um someone's noticing you and helping you and it's just so good for both parties i was out walking with my friend a while ago and and she was smiling away at, at people she saw and she was saying you know it's just so nice to smile at people this might be the only smile they get of the day and I got home from that walk and I thought, I just felt so good. And I thought, wow, it's just a wee reminder like that from a friend of make sure you are acknowledging every person here because that might be the only acknowledgement they get of the day and that can really make someone's day. 
Yeah, definitely. And even when you're going out walks and different things, like you know, I always make sure and say hello because it's just pure nice. And but yeah, and it's just it's that wee uplifting feeling. And when somebody says it back, you're like, oh, they said yeah. hello. And it's just wee things like that that seem so sort of small just can make such a big difference. They really, really can. Yeah, definitely. So the fifth and the final step um, is pay attention to the present moment. Um, so, so this is, we're looking at mindfulness here. We're kind of being sort of self-aware um, and thinking about your own thoughts and feelings and how um, you are and run about the sort of environment that you're in, I suppose. Yeah, I think especially given current times, practitioners and workers across the country everyone's working kind of max flat out and mindfulness and kind of taking notice is something that is so important to just almost take stock of your thoughts and I think a lot of the time in our roles we do things with our kind of gut instinct and you know your training is underpinning what you're doing but it's almost maybe just on reflection that you're able to underpick kind of yeah that's why I did that and that's the theory of yeah that's why we're doing this in this way and during kind of times of crisis, it's difficult to be able to stop and take stock of, yeah, this is why we're doing this. And it's about having that ability to be able to take a mindful moment and just pause and think about what's happening in the present. Yeah, and it's so easy to get caught up in the moment, you know, and it's so easy to sort of lose maybe where you are. And especially if we're looking at where we've been in the last sort of year um we were just it was go 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 and it's not until maybe a few like you'd say that's about when you can reflect a few months down the line where you can look and really see what can you do better or how's how's that decision affected something or has that then had a knock-on effect where you can really have that moment but if in the in the moment and at the time if you can just try and take five minutes just to think about where you are and what you're doing it can really really help you make a difference to if you're making decisions or if it's just in your professional life but and also for your personal life as well um which is really important because in cld we we can make decisions that can have i suppose impact for other people further down their line and and they are real make real impacts on their life sometimes positively and it can be negative as well sometimes so it's about us taking that time um to really yeah. think about where you are and what you're doing so that then you can be as sort of clear and as competent practitioner as that we are able to be. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, it's about kind of taking notice as well if you do make a mistake, because everyone does. And something that jumped out to me when I was thinking about this kind of step and I'm taking notice of mindfulness was I... Um, attempted mindfulness with a group of young people and the setup looking back the setup was all wrong so it was a period that was in the middle of the day and that just isn't the time to be trying to relax but I think in my naivety I thought oh this will be really great and I probably hadn't put the thought into it just due to busy work life and uh, the young people said to me after, no, we didn't enjoy that and we don't feel more relaxed. And it was only when I kind of took stock and unpicked, well, why why did that not work? I was able to pick out lots of reasons as to why that didn't work as a session. And 
I think that's where some of our best learning comes from, isn't it? It's just thinking, right, take a minute and what let's move forward and learn from it. Yeah, definitely. And it's hearing what the um the clients or the young people, whoever it is, is in front of you, really hearing what they say, but it's it's about actively listening as well to what they say and really taking on board that. So you like you can take an evaluation and you can throw it in a folder and never look at it again but it's about then actually reading that evaluation and spending the time thinking about what they've said and the impact of the words and then us being able to process that and work with that can then mean that we can have better service delivery which means we're doing better we're doing better work for the people that are in front of us if we really take on board what they're saying so that's been the five ways to well-being and um, the link will be in the description where you can get more information um on this um and there will also be um links to other supports that we've sort of mentioned during this conversation and you'll be able to get access all through the description and then also on the cld talks twitter page we'll post everything up there as well so that you get easy access yeah, we have a Twitter at Education Scotland CLD as well. So um, over the course of Mental Health Awareness Week, tweets will be coming out with different resources and supports and things like that as well. Brilliant. Um, so can I, what we'll do is, it's the last question I ask at the end of every single podcast. So this one has been really focused on mental health, but still like to just sort of know um, what advice that you would give to someone that's looking to start a career in CLD. Um, I would say probably going back to what we were talking about, about volunteering and getting as much experience as you can and just going for it and saying yes to all the crazy opportunities that will come your way throughout a career in CLD and yeah, go for it. Brilliant. Do you know, go for it is the, it's the best thing. Do you know, it's so it's the best phrase, just get a go, go for it. Yeah, and yeah. Don't look, don't look back because you'll love it because CLD is incredible. Yeah, it's the best profession ever. Thanks very much, Julie, for joining us today and for sharing your experiences while promoting National Mental Health Week this week. All the information will be in the link for the description so you can access all links and stuff that we spoke about. Please check out CLD Talks on Twitter where you can access the links there and check out Education Scotland CLD on Twitter as well. Thanks very much. See you next time.